It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. Hey, Cruel Coven. Hello, Angel Eyes. This is Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. Fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Katie. I'm Tori. We hope you're all taking care of yourselves. Hopefully, you are practicing self-motherfucking care. We know things just keep getting weirder and weirder and worse and worse, it seems like. Just go ahead and delete that Facebook app. Delete it. Just go ahead and delete the app. God. If that's what you feel like you need to do. Don't read the comments. Not reading the comments on posts that you know where the comments are going to be inflammatory is a form of self-care. Yeah. That I need to practice more. (laughs) What are you doing for self-care besides uh, (laughs) piling more work on top of yourself? Yeah, self-care doesn't exist in my world, (laughs) but I really think it should. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, am always doing something new and uh, something else and adding and doing and more and more and more so I can just not think about my life. And then like at least twice a day I get, hey, we should do this. (laughs) Hey, we should do that. Which fine, I'm all for it. (laughs) But yeah, that's what my therapist says. My therapist says, I keep my brain as busy as possible as to not think about my life. (laughs) Isn't that just depressing? (laughs) No, I have a nice life. Well, let's podcast so you don't have, let's podcast about murder so you don't have to think about your life. So, We've been doing like these these um these news headlines for mm-hmm. a little bit. One of them that I just saw now, quote, cult mom Lori Vallow. Oh, this bitch cunt <laughs> seeks bond reduction for the charges that predated the discovery of her children's bodies, end quote. Lori Vallow, ma'am, you fucking bitch. You don't get to request anything. No. You, you don't get don't. a request. I hate her. I know. Okay, I know that I'm laughing because I'm so infuriated at this. Number one, she like tries to say like she wasn't in her right mind, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if she really now thinks that she did something wrong, mm-hmm. rot in hell. Right. Don't be asking for a goddamn reduction, no. you piece of shit. Okay? Well, she thinks the world is ending in what? A couple yeah, days Yeah, why do you something? need a reduction? What are you going to do, Lori? You're going to be floating up to heaven yeah. or wherever the fuck you think you're going. Um, so that was just one of them that I saw that grinds my gears because I fucking hate her. Um, another one I saw is, quote, Recently divorced teacher allegedly sexually assaulted student and sent explicit videos to another. Molly Verkamp most recently taught at Walton Verona High School in Kentucky. This is a former Kentucky teacher who faces charges of rape and sodomy. Uh. After authorities claimed she had sex with a 17-year-old student she taught in years prior. This reminds me of the of Mary Letourneau, mm-hmm. even though she fucked a 12-year-old yeah. or 13, I guess, technically yep. at the time. But I was just watching something about her not long ago. She's a dingbat. Mm-hmm. She is fucked up and she fucked up that little boy. They had the kids together when she was in prison. Like, mm-hmm. so he raised them for a little bit with his mom. Yeah. And then she got out and they got back together and they did this really fucking awkward interview. Probably a few of them. Mm-hmm. But one of them that I saw was so fucking awkward. The whole thing. She just kept like staring at him like he was like, it was just so bad. And you could tell like she must have so- even something else over his head because mm-hmm. he just was very quiet and not saying anything. Yeah. And now she's dead. That whole thing. And she oh. still to that till probably until she died 
didn't think she did anything wrong because right. it was love. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It was love. It was love. Yep. I didn't do anything wrong because it was love. No, you were 30 fucking five years old and you fucked a 12 or 13 year old mm-hmm. you were married you had four fucking kids yeah. of your own like what whatever tell me your news headlines because i know you okay. looked at more of them than i did so this one's just kind of funny i found it last night and it's from like a year ago but i think that you will enjoy it me <laughs> yeah okay this is from nbcnews.com quote on tuesday jenna evans was on a high-speed train that was racing down the tracks her fiance by her side when some bad guys appeared she bad said. guys there was only one way to protect her 2.4 carat diamond engagement ring swallow it so that's what evans did quote i popped that sucker off put it in my mouth and swallowed it with a glass of water evans said in a facebook post then she woke up evans was relieved wednesday morning (laughs) that the whole episode had just been a vivid bizarre dream that she told today was very james bond that is until she realized her engagement ring was no longer on her finger no yeah she she fucking swallowed it in In her her sleep. sleep Yes. That sounds like something I would do, honestly. Yes. There's a fucking x-ray. Look at it. It's in her. No, Miss Evans. How? What? Poor honey. I guess she has like this history of sleepwalking. I don't know. Maybe she takes Ambien. Not sure. But (laughs) she woke up and her ring was gone. Wow. Yeah. And then I saw this one. Okay. This was from July 15th, 2020. 2020. So this is like a super small town, like 700 people in Mm -hmm. Southeast Georgia. A female body was found like along the railroad tracks. Okay. Oh, the RR. So (laughs) the RR crossing. So Liberty County deputies, like they were there at the scene. They were waiting for the coroner to show up. They didn't touch the body or anything Uh until the coroner got there. That's what they were waiting for. So, once the coroner showed up, detectives were, like, checking the body for injuries, seeing, you know, what happened, and then they immediately realized that it was a sex doll. (laughs) Disposed of (laughs) at the railroad track. It was anatomically correct. Okay. Realistic features. Have you ever seen those, like, really, really real-looking sex dolls? Yeah. And it was fully dressed, so, like, I could see why. Haven't you ever seen the sex doll upstairs? No. (laughs) I thought you were talking about a movie. No. That's a good name for a movie. Right? Wow. That sounds like a movie, right? Yeah, The sex doll upstairs. Uh Uh-huh. But I just thought it was funny because usually they, people like find a body and they think, oh, my first thought was it was a mannequin. Right. (laughs) They thought this was a body and it was a fucking mannequin. It just, you know what, that's good. I'm glad that it wasn't a body. Right. I'm glad it wasn't a real person. That's all I got. Wow. I know. Those are kooky. I know. I like, I fucking love weird ass like, new lines like that. So we've got a QOTD from Angela over on Twitter. Oh, yeah. From the Twitterverse. You can tell I don't use Twitter because I say things like Twitterverse. Angela asks, besides someone hurting your kids or family, what do you think is something <laughs> that someone would do that'd make you lose your shit? <laughs> I mean, oh, you guys. I feel like I'm a fairly nice person. Mm-hmm. Like, to other people yeah you are i i joke and i'm sarcastic and i say shit in my head or like to you or Mm -hmm. or something but i'm not like judgmental or anything but it's more like i have a very like dark dry sense of humor Mm -hmm. however that being said i'm nice to people i'm pleasant to be around when i'm around them i think you're fine okay do you know really quick what my dad said right after i came out of the womb my mom had just given birth to me 
and she turned to my dad and she said, oh, Bill, isn't she the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? You know what my dad said? <laughs> what? She's all right. <laughs> I can imagine mm-hmm. wild Bill saying that, just looking down <laughs> mm-hmm. at you. And you probably looked exactly like him when you were born, right? Yeah. And I mean, you still do, but he a lot do- of times babies come out looking like their dads. Right. He would do a little shrug and just be like, hmm, she's all, all right. right. Yeah. Sure. And then he just like looks back yeah, up yeah. around. Hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't believe in. <laughs> anyway, so I'm a nice person mm-hmm. until you fuck with me or you fuck with my money or you fuck with my child yeah. or you, which, which Angela said, or you fuck with, with other people that I love. Mm-hmm. And I have been known to send a very mean email or two. <laughs> she, she goes full Karen. <laughs> I am she a does. Karen <laughs> when I need to be, mm-hmm. when it is rightfully needed. Right. I will be a Karen. Not about things like no. oh, face masks or no. No, stuff no, like no. that. No. 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 When someone is like ignoring me, mm-hmm. like when I'm paying them money to do something, if I am paying for a service mm-hmm. and something happens yeah, and I don't get a reply or I get a stupid fucking reply, <laughs> like we're looking into it for a month, yeah, I will be a Karen. Yeah. So that is what, what that sets me off if somebody fucks with me but until you're mean to me i won't be mean to you right i won't right but one thing that could make me lose my shit ignorant people in public yeah being blatantly ignorant yeah knowing they're being fucking i will fucking stand up for anybody a a stranger i will i'll get in people's fucking faces maybe not now because i don't want to get a a germ yeah i hate um, though when mm. people are fucking mean to people yeah especially like at restaurants yep I always fucking say Number something because one. I literally feel myself getting hot. Yeah. Not in the crotch. No, not in everywhere the crotch. else. Yeah. <laughs> Every, can, my crotch is cold <laughs> and my body is hot. Yeah. Like but I there's, you guys, let me just tell you nine out of 10 times, if your food is wrong, if your food is cold, if your food doesn't come when you fucking want it to, it's not your goddamn server's no. fault. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or like people complaining about long lines at Walmart. Yeah. Okay. You will be fine. You're going to live. Like, Get the fucking pickup. It's not going to kill you. I always say something. I've made people leave the line behind me before. <laughs> I, oh, I can't fucking stand it. Yeah. Because I've worked with the public for a, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And I, there came a time where I just stopped putting up with people's fucking shit. Yeah. This one guy, he's like, he's like I'm never coming back here again. I go, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. And his bitch ass left. <laughs> I just, I'm not, I can't do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I feel the same way. And I have no, see, I have a really hard time sticking up for myself, mm. but not for other people. Oh, I don't. I, yeah, I do. I, I don't know what it is. It's something that I'm working on in therapy, but if it comes to someone else and someone's being a piece mm-hmm. of shit, I will defend them to the death, honey. Not really to the death, but I will say something. Yeah. 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 With that being said. With that being said, come hang out with us and we will stick up for you. (laughs) So, Katie. So, Tori. I want to know what you're going to be talking about today. Okay. Well, I go first. Jump right into it, honey. Get in dive in deep. So, I'm talking today about the murder of Vincent Chin. Ooh, okay. This one's really important. and I mean, they're all important, but this one... I wanted to do because it was the first time the Civil Rights Act was used in a case with an Asian American victim. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. So this all takes place around Detroit, Michigan. And you know, it's the motor city, the car industry. Mm -hmm. It was it was really hopping there. By the 50s, the auto industry was booming. 
Close to two million people flocked to the city to find jobs at the big three, General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. Things were great for a while, but they slowly started to get a little shaky. There a, was little shaky. a little shaky. There were strikes that resulted from union negotiations, and they also happened because white people didn't want to work side by side with black people. Go fuck yeah. yourself. Shut the fuck up. After a while, then they, don't work. Then, yeah, <laughs> go you home. Pieces of shit. You always can How just about go that? home. How about that? How about it? Resign. <laughs> After a while, they began experimenting with automation, which killed a lot of jobs. There was the energy crisis in the 70s, and then by the 80s, there was an economic recession. This recession, coupled with the fact that automotive imports from Japan were entering the U.S. market in a big way, it really didn't help with the decline of the big three. These Japanese cars were fuel efficient compared to American-made cars, their sales skyrocketed, and the big three were steadily declining. Okay. Auto industry workers became super fucking resentful because they were losing their jobs. This led to like a fuck ton of racial animosity towards Asian Americans. They blamed them. My husband was telling me that so he's in a union and he said that in the early early 80s when these Japanese imported cars first got here, if you drove one, like in his field, if you drove one to your work site, they would flip it over. Mm -hmm. Just completely fucking destroy it. Yeah. Workers at the car factories would have raffles and the prize would be destroying a Japanese car. That would be the prize that you won. You could get shot at on the road just for driving a Japanese car. These jobs in the auto industry were good jobs. They were the kind that you kept until you retired with a pension and people were protective of them. Right. So Vincent Chin, his father served in World War II. And because of this, he earned the right to bring a Chinese bride to the U.S. Oh, wow. And this bride was Vincent's mother, Lily. Lily suffered a miscarriage in 1949 that left her unable to bear more children, so the couple adopted Vincent from an orphanage in China in 1961. Aw, okay. Vincent grew up in Michigan, he graduated from Oak Park High School in 1973, and from there he left to study at the Control Data Institute. At the age of 27, he worked as an industrial draftsman for an automotive supplier, and on the weekends he also worked as a server at a restaurant called Golden Star in Ferndale, Michigan. He fell in love with a woman named Vicki Wong, and he proposed to her. So it was actually the night of his bachelor party oh. that he was beaten to death. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Can you just, I mean, I know, obviously, for Vincent and his family, fucking terrible, awful, like, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But imagine being Vicky and getting that call, too. I know. God. Yeah. On June 19th, 1982, Vincent was out with his friends celebrating his upcoming marriage. He was only days away, like I think eight days away God. from starting his new life with Vicky. They were at the Fancy Pants Strip Club. So Vincent was there with his friends. A man named Ronald Ebens, I don't know if I'm saying that right and I don't care. He felt the need to make a remark to the dancer who just finished at Vincent's table. According to an article from the Detroit Free Press, Ronald told the dancer, quote, don't pay any attention to those little fuckers. They wouldn't know a good dancer if they'd seen one, end quote. So Vincent didn't like that, naturally. And Ronald claimed that Vincent came over to his table and punched him in the jaw. Like, good, you asshat. Don't yeah. run your fucking mouth. Several witnesses claim that Ronald got up and said, quote, it's because of you little motherfuckers that we're out of work, end quote. And various other racial slurs. Keep in mind that Vincent was not Japanese. He was Chinese. 
Not that it would have been okay if he was Japanese. Right. Like, you know what I mean, though? Like, they yeah. just are fucking ignorant. ignorant. Yeah. Ronald was a plant supervisor at Chrysler, and his stepson, Michael Nitz, who was also with Ronald at the strip club, like, there's nothing like seeing some fucking titties with your stepdad. Wow. Yeah. Losers. Yeah. Yeah. He, Michael was a laid off auto worker. Michael got up and shoved Vincent, like, mm, let my stepdad be a racist if he wants to be. God. Oh. When their little scuffle ended, it's reported that both Ronald and Michael were on the floor bleeding a little, like, you'll be fine kind of bleeding, yeah. nothing serious. And Vincent and his friends left the club. So a bouncer took Ronald and Michael to the bathroom to put band-aids on their boo-boos. And while they were in there, Robert Siroki, one of Vincent's friends, ran back inside the club to use the toilet. Apparently, Robert apologized. He was like, you know, Vincent's had some drinks. It was just like a heated moment. Let's just forget about it. And that was that. Yeah. So Vincent and his other friends were waiting out front of the club for Robert to come back. When out walked Ronald and Michael. Oh. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Vincent challenged them. He wasn't done and he wanted to keep fighting. So Ronald was like, fine, let's do this. And he went and got a fucking baseball bat out of Michael's car and ran after Vincent and his friends with it. They didn't stop there. They searched the area for half an hour looking what? for Vincent. Mm-hmm. So like the argument that it was a fucking heated moment goes right out the goddamn yeah, window. Right. You had a right. half an hour to stop. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So did Vincent and his friends like take off? Yeah, they took off. When when they saw him get the baseball bat from the car, they took off running. Gotcha. So they were looking for Vincent, getting angrier and angrier. They even paid a stranger $20 to help them look for Vincent. Wow. Mm -hmm. Losers. Isn't that fucked? They found him outside of a McDonald's restaurant. Vincent tried to run away again, but they caught him, and Michael held him down on the ground. Ronald then began bludgeoning him with the bat over and over in front of a crowd of bystanders. What? Vincent's friend later said that Ronald swung the bat like he was trying to hit a home run. Wow. He bludgeoned Vincent until his skull cracked open. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Witnesses say Vincent's last words were, it's not fair. Wow. Mm -hmm. Vincent was taken to Henry Ford Hospital, and after four days in a coma, he died on June 23rd, 1982. This is a quote from Gary. He was a friend of Vincent's from the time they were in first grade, and he was there that night. Oh my god. He said, quote, That was like a punch in the gut. Vincent, he had a good life. He was getting married in a few days. He was looking forward to buying a house, and his mother was going to live with him, and he was going to have kids, and I was happy for him. He was living the American dream. So were were his friends still with him at at McDonald's? Yeah. And just nobody could stop? I don't think they could do anything, or else they would have. Well, yeah, You know. I don't know. That's just crazy to me. I think it probably just happened so fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there were also two off-duty police officers who witnessed Ronald bludgeoning Vincent. I don't know why they didn't intervene. Like I said, I don't know if it just happened so fast. I yeah. don't know if they didn't want to intervene. I don't or, know what they're... Or maybe in- yeah. somebody did, but it was just like... Yeah. I don't know. know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what their intentions were, so I can't judge, yeah. I guess. Those two officers did arrest Ronald on the spot, though, for the assault. And when Vincent died four days later, Michael was arrested, too. The two were charged with second-degree murder, but of course they made a deal to plead guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter. Of course they fucking did. Manslaughter for cracking his head open with a baseball bat. And killing him. That's not fucking manslaughter. They intentionally... Chased him down. Killed him. They looked for him for over 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And they... Oh, Mm -hmm. it's just disgusting. Yep. In 1983, when it was all said and done, they were both ordered to pay a $3,000 fine. 
a $780 court fine, and serve three years of probation. No jail time. What? For this racially motivated, sickening beyond belief, brutal murder. They didn't spend a day in jail. Of course, both Ronald and Michael claimed that the murder was not racially motivated and they did not use racial slurs. Yeah, I bet. Mm -hmm. Judge Charles Kaufman, who presided over the case, even said, quote, These were not the kind of men you sent to jail. We're talking here about a man who's held down a responsible job for 17 or 18 years and his son is employed and is a part-time student. You don't make the punishment fit the crime. You make the punishment fit the criminal. End quote. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't that fucking disgusting? Rot. (laughs) Rot. Their light sentence, if you can even like call it a sentence, pissed Asian Americans the fuck off. Yeah. It pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. It was called a $3,000 license to kill Chinese Americans by the president of the Detroit Chinese Welfare Council. I mean, yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what it was. But because of all this, because Ronald and Michael basically got away with it, The murder of Vincent Chin was a major turning point for Asian American civil rights and an outcry for stronger federal hate crime legislation. So after this verdict, Vincent's mom, Lily, who she and herself is like a badass justice warrior. She did a lot of good after this. Yeah. Um, She met with lawyers, reps from Detroit's Chinese community, and one Japanese American at Vincent's workplace to talk about what happened and what what they could do moving forward. Vincent's fiance, Vicky, kind of withdrew from the public eye and she never spoke about what happened. Wow. And Lily, his mom, said, quote, I don't want any other mother to go through what I've gone through. He was all she had. Mm-hmm. He was her only child that she, they, she wanted. Yeah. They adopted. Right. God. They sought him out. Yeah. Author and activist Helen Zia, who was laid off from the auto industry herself two years before Vincent's murder, became a journalist for various publications in Detroit. And she said this, quote, the Vincent Chin case was where waiters and cooks and laundrymen and blue collar workers and scientists and engineers and African Americans united to fight for justice. This was really the first time in a broad based way that Asian Americans came together and called ourselves Asian Americans to fight for civil rights. Before then, there wasn't really anything beyond civil activists and students, end quote. Helen and the attorney who represented Vincent's estate founded the Detroit-based nonprofit Pan-Asian Civil Rights Group called American Citizens for Justice. And the attorneys were on their game. They spoke to the group and informed them that civil rights laws were not designed to protect Asian Americans. Along with Lily Chin, Vincent's mom, this group held demonstrations. There were protests across the country. They wrote to the federal courts over and over. They were demanding justice for Vincent. They worked really, really hard. And because they didn't give up, the federal government was like, all right, we're going to step in. They finally prosecuted the case as a civil rights violation. Oh, wow. This was the first time in history that Asian Americans were protected in a federal civil rights prosecution. In 1984, the U.S. District Court sentenced Ronald to 25 years in prison for violating Vincent's civil rights, but he appealed and got a retrial that cleared him of all charges. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So fucking close. 25 years, I mean, that's not justice, not but, him, but at yeah. least he would be fucking locked away at like least he it, should be. Yeah, right. In 1987, <sighs> Vincent's estate won a civil suit against Ronald and Michael, and Ronald was ordered to pay $1.5 million dollars. And Michael was ordered to pay $50,000 to compensate Lily for Vincent's lost income. Yeah. He paid his debt off, Michael did. Ronald 
Ronald, on the other hand, he's been unable to pay his. Ronald is a piece of shit. For real. His debt has grown to over $8 million owed. Not a whole lot can be done about that. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can't pay it, he can't pay it. Yeah. But, but his case is renewed every year by American Citizens for Justice, that group that was formed mm-hmm. right after he, Vincent was murdered. And to them, it's more about Ronald being reminded every year about what he did. The group has vowed to not let a single day go by without Ronald and Michael being reminded that they owe a debt to society. Like it's bigger than the money. While nothing they did and are still doing could ever bring Vincent back, his murder left a legacy of movement for civil rights activism and for victims' rights in Michigan. Their voices were strengthened. Their ability to advocate was strengthened. In 2009, the State Bar of Michigan named Vincent's case as a Michigan legal milestone for how it pushed forward the Asian American community for civil rights. And the 2009 documentary called Vincent Who takes an in-depth look at his case against the bigger picture of things like the Chinese Exclusion Act, the incarceration of Japanese Americans in concentration camps during World War II, the effect our wars have had in the Philippines, Korea, and Vietnam, the LA race riots, and more recent crimes against Asian Americans, and also racial profiling post 9-11. Nuance really, really matters when it comes to race, because for so long, people have believed and perpetuated the stereotype that Asian Americans are like the quote-unquote model minority. Right. And that they don't encounter racism or hate crimes. They're usually like super smart academics. Right. Um, They live the American dream. It's a stereotype, and it's damaging because it makes it hard for them to be believed and get the help that they need in instances like this. Right. Ronald Ebens says he can't remember bludgeoning Vincent with that baseball bat, but he does know one thing. He says the murder was not racially motivated, and he's sorry that it happened, and he'd take the whole thing back if he could. Oh, well, that Mm -hmm. doesn't help anything, you stupid piece of shit. No. It says it ruined his life. He lost his job. He found it hard to get work. Blah, blah, blah. I know. Mm -hmm. Like, are you sorry that you did it? Or are you sorry that your life was ruined because of it? So are you sorry? Like, Mm -hmm. come on. Yeah. Piece of shit. I know. I hate that man. Uh But he, I feel like he didn't die in vain, number one. Right. And number two, I really like that that group did keep reminding them. Yeah. I feel like not a day went by that they Mm -hmm. just got to, yeah, of course, they didn't fucking have to rot in jail. Right. Like they should have. Mm -hmm. But. They never got to forget what they did. Right. But I had never heard of that story before, and I don't think a lot of other people have either. And it's such an important one. So. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, not that I liked it, but it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Good job. Thanks. I am going to be talking to you about the disappearance and presumed death of Alexis Murphy. Alexis Murphy, a 17-year-old young woman, was gearing up for her senior year of high school. She was incredibly close to her parents, Lauren and Troy, and her aunts, Angela and Trina. She had two siblings and worked at a consignment store. She was a beautiful young woman who had a passion for makeup and fashion, and she enjoyed volleyball. And she was even the co-captain of her high school volleyball team. Yeah. On August 3rd of 2014, Alexis finished up working for the day at the consignment shop and went home. Shortly after getting home, she told her mom that she was going out to get new hair extensions from the store. Hmm. Yes. Now, the town that Alexis and her family lived in was very small. I believe the town is Shipman, but it's very small, like 500 people small. Oh, yeah. That's fucking small. Smaller than our yeah. hometown. Yeah. Shit. Um, so anyway, so... Did they sell extensions in that no. town? No. <laughs> so that meant that she had to drive a little bit to get the extensions okay. to go to the beauty supply store. 
So at 6.40 p.m., she left for the town of Lynchburg in a 2003 white Nissan Maxima. By the next morning, when the family woke up and it was clear that Alexis had missed her curfew and never returned, they knew immediately that something was wrong. Alexis never missed her curfew and would not worry her family by not telling them if she planned on staying out. It just wasn't in her character to do that. So Alexis's mom immediately started calling all of Alexis's friends, um, and they had not heard from her either. So her mom and the rest of the family ended up notifying the police right away. Mm -hmm. Her family tried using that Find My iPhone app, which in 2014 probably wasn't even called that. It's been called a few different things. Mm -hmm. Find My iPhone, Find My Phone, Find My. It's been a bunch of different things. So I don't know really what it was called, but it was You Get the Picture. It ended up showing a location that was about seven miles from her last known location. However, no evidence of her or her phone were there at that time. On August 6th, the white Nissan Maxima is found parked and abandoned at a Cinemark movie theater in Charlottesville. The strangest thing about the location of the car is that it was in the complete opposite direction of the beauty supply store that Alexis told her mother she was running out to. Police request and review surveillance footage from the movie theater parking lot, and they do see the Nissan roll in at 10 p.m. on August 4th, which was the night after Alexis initially left home. Okay. The footage is copyrighted and incredibly grainy and hard to distinguish, but they said you know that that's what it is and that's what they saw on august 7th the family makes an incredibly emotional plea on live television cctv shows on the 8th the last moments that alexis was seen prior to her disappearance she was walking into the liberty gas station in lynchburg wearing a long sleeve pink shirt and floral pants workers at the gas station say that she talked to a man in the parking lot but that she left alone There was also a man on the surveillance footage who held the door open for Alexis when she was leaving, and the man was incredibly easily identifiable due to his large Daffy Duck tattoo. Oh, cool, bro. You're really cool. His name, Daffy Duck, his name is Randy Taylor. He was 48 years old at the time, and he is known around town as a skeezy dude. Mm. Like, if you couldn't already tell. Right. (laughs) Daffy Duck kind of gave it away. Randy liked this was one of his hobbies okay driving around town in his camo suburban gawking at young girls oh uh, fuck off learn how to crochet or something randy (laughs) honestly now footage from the gas station in lynchburg shows randy pull out of the parking lot with alexis following him in her white nissan down the road now i imagine there's only two ways to go so it could have been like she just pulled out after him right but Let's keep going. Except I'm going to take you back All right. to the 5th. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, on the 5th of August, which was two days after, if you remember, Alexis was last seen by her family, police interview Daffy Duck, and he denies everything. Everything. He denies even fucking knowing her, knowing of her. He says he never talked to her. He's a fucking liar. The town has 500 people in it. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And just another little tidbitty of information, his son went to school with her. Oh. Like, he knows who Alexis Mm -hmm. is, and they know that he knows. Yeah. Now, Randy lets police into his trailer. They search around for a little bit, and they find a small diamond stud, a bit of a fingernail, and one single, solitary, long black hair. Uh, He was bald, basically. Yeah. That wasn't yours, Randy. He also didn't have a nose ring. Yeah. So... Apparently, though, that wasn't enough to do anything. So 
what ended up happening was the police leave. Mm -hmm. They take the evidence in. They decide to go back and search again. Randy changes his story now. He says, Alexis approached him to talk about weed. This is probably, can I just say how he probably sounded? This is probably how Randy sounded. So police come and they knock on the door and Randy opens it and he's like, sure guys, come on in. Let's go. Come on. Come on. You can come in. And, and, and then he says, okay, uh, let me tell you something. I lied to you at first, okay? But now, I just, I need to tell you the truth, okay? So, Alexis, she totally came and approached me. I did not seek her out. She came up to me. We were talking about weed, you know, man. And then, and then she said, I know a guy. Let's go back to your trailer and I can have him come over and we can smoke weed together. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's what he says to the police. And the okay. police are like, okay, so why would you lie about it the first time? And he's like, well, I didn't really want you to know that I had an underage girl here, <laughs> you know? Well, you're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Okay, anyway. So Randy basically says that she approached him. They go back to the trailer. And then she called one of her friends who was a drug dealer. And the friend came over. And they have his name and stuff. But I'm not going to say it because he was cleared of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a male friend. Okay. Randy's story now is that he and the drug dealer smoked weed and drank, which is a fucking terrible combination. <laughs> And Alexis didn't smoke or drink. She just hung out. And then apparently Alexis and her friend, the male friend, leave. Okay. And everything's just fucking hunky-dory. Now... So his story is he... um, She propositioned... Yeah. A 48-year-old man. Let's go... I know somebody who can get us... And she didn't even... He says she didn't even smoke weed. Nope. Nope. She just hung out. Likely story. I'm sorry. Daffy. I would choose going to get hair extensions for the first day of school. Over going to hang out with a 48-year-old with a fucking Daffy Duck tattoo mm-hmm. any day. Yeah. <laughs> so the police are in the trailer again. They find the shirt that the Daffy Duck dude was wearing oh. in the CCTV surveillance footage. Bloody. Crumpled up. Hmm. Hiding. Mm-hmm. They Idiot. also find hair extensions and eyelashes. And do you know what Randy's reply is? The police planted it. Oh, Yeah, they just planted it there. That's yeah. why they came back for another search. Okay, buddy. Shut up, Randy. Kiddo. Um, okay, kiddo. <laughs> he says that the police planted the evidence on him because he was a suspect in the murder of Samantha Clark from 2010. Oh. No, it's probably just because you killed her too. Probably. And now you killed somebody Jesus. else. You know what I mean? They nice. didn't have enough to catch you the first time. And yeah. maybe now they're like, oh, we already know this guy murdered someone. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should start here. Yeah. The city is so small that they had never even filed a missing persons report before. Isn't that really? weird? Yeah. Although I don't really understand the Samantha Clark thing. Maybe they, she just turned up and no one had reported her or something. Yeah. I don't know. Now the blood on the shirt in the trailer, in Randy's trailer, mm-hmm. is proven to be Alexis is blood ding the, ding mm-hmm. ring-a-ding-ding motherfuckers here we go the police find alexis's white iphone mere feet from the trailer totally smashed to smithereens Jesus. Mm-hmm. now randy's son's grandmother so like i guess his ex-wife's or ex-girlfriend's ex-partner's mom mm-hmm. owns the property but she conveniently was not there when alexis went missing oh 
Remember the car being parked at the movie theater? Yeah. Well, there was an Applebee's right next to the movie theater. And one of the servers actually remembers Randy coming in that night. Hmm. The server stated that Randy was alone and a taxi picked him up from the restaurant and drove him away. A taxi. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense because he dropped the fucking car off yeah. next door and then went to eat at Applebee's. It, well, I'm just and had to have a ride here. home. No one's going to notice. I'm yeah. just going to leave it in the middle of this fucking parking lot. But you know, Randy has a different story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Randy says that he and his friend went to Applebee's that night. They ate together and then the friend brought him home. Mm-hmm. So the police were like, okay, cool. What's your friend's name? Let us corroborate your story. Mm-hmm. And Randy was like, nope, I'm not telling. <laughs> Can I interject here? Yeah. No one would call it a taxi if it didn't have identifiable taxi right. like signs or a right. logo. You right. wouldn't see a car and just, oh, that's a taxi. Yep. If that's it was taxi. if it was just a plane car. Yeah. You would just call it a car. Yeah. So Randy says he doesn't want to tell the police who his friend was because he's a known drug dealer and he doesn't want to out him. Oh, well, 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 well. Whatever. Now, on August 11th, Randy was arrested on charges for felony abduction by force. Okay. So they had enough evidence, like between the shirt, yeah. the diamond stud, her, her blood. blood. Um, the eyelashes, like mm-hmm. they were able to, oh, her phone. They were able to obviously say that Alexis had been there and she was gone now. Yeah. There was a gag order placed on December 11th. So no further reporting happened until May of 2015 when Randy was found guilty of first degree murder, first degree murder during abduction, and first degree murder abduction with intent to defile. Wow. Boom. It's kind of surprising. I mean, it's not surprising given the evidence that they found, but I feel like that's hard well, to do without a body. And it's really important to note that they still have not found Alexis Murphy's body. Yeah. And it's very, very hard to convict, especially with the first degree murder charge, mm-hmm. that someone is guilty. Yeah. But and I believe, I don't have it in front of me anymore, but I believe that the case of Alexis Murphy was only the third nobody murder conviction in Virginia. That's crazy. Yeah, right? I'm glad he was stupid enough to leave all that evidence. Or else, what a dumb or else fuck. he'd probably just be doing it again. I'm sure, because it really wouldn't blow my mind if he was the one who killed Samantha Right. Clark. Now, I thought that... So mine was kind of short. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing some research, I found a couple of things. Okay, so there was a bunch of people, a bunch of articles that were pointing their fingers at Jesse Matthew, mm-hmm. who was a convicted murderer of two young women, Hannah Graham and Morgan Harrington, um, and he pled guilty to both of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were talking about how similar the cases were and all of that, but it pr- it's proven that he did not mm-hmm. touch Alexis Murphy. Um, but so many people still try to say, if, I'm sure that there's like Reddit articles and shit yeah. about it. But Even with all not. that evidence at Randy yeah. Taylor's house. Right. And I don't think Randy Taylor and Jesse Matthew were hanging out. I don't think that they knew each other. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So just if you come up, if you come across that, mm-hmm. Jesse Matthew did not kill Alexis Murphy. Right. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, also, a little bit of odd information that I came across while researching Alexis Murphy was her aunt Trina her son fatally shot his daughter's mother I don't know what this woman was to Trina's son what their relationship was yeah I'm not sure if it was I'm not sure if she was his girlfriend or his wife but he actually gunned her down like in front of a hotel or in a hotel Mm -hmm. and killed her wow and Trina Murphy which is Alexis's aunt so this Uh boy would be Alexis's cousin. Yeah, yeah. 
she is like fighting for women's like rights and violence against women. And Trina actually put out a statement that said, this is a quote. Okay. My son is a perpetrator. The very thing I advocate against has been committed by someone I once carried inside me. End quote. Isn't that just heartbreaking? I just thought that that was strange that Alexis obviously is presumed dead because of the blood and everything else. Yeah. They just don't have her body. Mm-hmm. And then her cousin commits that crime. Yeah. It's just, and it's such a small area. Right, right. Like you wouldn't think that so much that's crazy. happens. Yeah. Um, but I just felt so bad for Trina. Right. Because that's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's so like passionate about this, yeah. about, about violence against women. And then yeah. that happens in her own life. Mm-hmm. And then to lose two people out of your family, essentially, right. because right. Is, is he in jail, I'm assuming? I would assume so. Yeah. I didn't dig too far into that. Yeah. Um, there's also an organization called HelpSaveTheNextGirl.com, and it was founded, it's a nonprofit organization that was mm-hmm. founded in honor of Morgan Harrington, oh, okay. who we just mentioned. Yeah. And obviously, they thought that Jesse Matthew could have been involved because these all happened in Virginia. Right, right. So, But it's a really cool organization helpsavethenextgirl.com and you can go there you can donate it talks a little bit about morgan a little bit about the foundation's history um things like that i just felt it was really interesting and a really good foundation to to be part of um also morgan harrington's i think it was her mother wrote a book murdered and dead for good oh wow and i i believe proceeds probably go directly either to the foundation or somewhere like that but you can go look at that online Mm -hmm. help save the next girl.com anyway i feel like domestic violence is super close to my heart so i really enjoyed looking up and reading about the help the next girl Mm -hmm. foundation so if you have a moment you should go check it out and that is the story of alexis murphy they still have not found her body um but at least randy taylor was charged right you know what I mean? It's yeah. so, like we said, it's so fucking hard to get a no body conviction, but they fucking did. Yeah. And because there's he's a dumbass. so many times, like with Vincent Chin, where there right. are witnesses watching him crack a guy's skull open and they still don't go to jail. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. I'm glad that he's um, serving <sighs> his time and hopefully he's having a bad time. I hope he's having a terrible the time. The worst time. Are you reading, watching, or listening to anything? Um, I'm not listening to anything. I. I'm not watching anything. You have too many things to do to have time for that. That's true. <laughs> I would love to, <laughs> I would love to listen or watch something, but between everything, yeah, I can't. I know. Um, I am. I'm reading. Well, I'm trying to read. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking. I try to read like right before I go to bed. Yeah. Well, like I get in bed and then I read. I open up my Kindle app. I started reading a little dark romance, (laughs) which is very out of character for me. I tried to write a, (laughs) let me just tell you, I, it's really weird because I even tried to write this enemies to lovers one time. It was more like a bully romance and I just couldn't do it. No, I'm not into that. Yeah. It goes against a lot of things that like, that I stand for. And I know that it's just a work of fiction. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's still hard for me. Yeah. So it's very odd that I'm reading dark romance. And the one in particular that I'm reading is an anthology. It's called Kiss Me in the Dark. I don't know if you've seen it or not. No. The first story that that I'm reading, I can't even remember what it's called or who it's by. But it's about this woman who um, goes off on her honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And she and her fiance get attacked. I think her fiance has a little something to do with it. (laughs) 
And she gets abducted and taken away. And they're like sailing the seas mm-hmm. to wherever they're going to drop her off at. And then she has sex she's with like, her captor. She's like f- not hating when her captor is like spanking her and shit. Yeah, see, that doesn't do it for me. And she like can't figure out why she's not hating it because she like fucking hates him. But she's like, oh, why? <laughs> like, am I getting hot in the crotch <laughs> when she, when he's spanking me? You know what I mean? Oh, dear. So it's very not my in my element <laughs> at <laughs> all. And I don't know why I'm reading it, but I can't stop. It's I very mean, intriguing. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as you enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's like how I try and figure out what the fuck is going on (laughs) in someone's head. Right, right. You know what I mean? I think that that's what it is. Anyway, that's all I'm reading right now. What about you? Reading, watching, listening? Um... I went, well, I told you today, I went back to What We Forgot to Bury by Mary Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah, I'm still only a few pages in on that one. I've listened to a few podcasts. Um, You know I love Swindled. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are looking for a good podcast, um, he's very sassy. Ooh, but we love serious. a good sassy man. Sassy but serious, not like ha-ha sassy, like quippy one-liners about yeah. assholes. He just basically, he did an episode recently, like, outing one of the most recognizable, like, fruit companies in the world and how they, how much they've exploited people. Really, really crazy. So I'll post a link to that if anybody yeah, wants to hear it. Really good, though. All of his episodes are awesome. He did one on... um the girl's gone wild guy that oh, started that i mean like have... he's fucking outing everybody and i'm here for it yeah i love it i may have started that one or something that was a while ago mm-hmm. yeah huh. he did the mcdonald's monopoly fraud um a really really good episode on the flint water crisis okay i remember awesome. you talking about that yes. one. yes so if you guys are at all interested in like white collar crime swindled is the podcast for you yeah um watching just watching i'll be gone in the dark that's like the only thing in criminal minds like what what is new in my life nothing criminal minds criminal minds is your jam it's so comforting it's not even like i'm like yes gonna watch criminal minds it's like all right we're gonna put this on and chill (laughs) yeah it's just i don't i want to just put something on and chill well why don't you do it i just don't i feel like by the time i can i'm gonna go to bed yeah you know what i mean yeah i think that's it right I think that that's all. All right. If you want to send us an email, you can do that at cruelandunusualthepod at gmail.com. We still want to hear your stories. Send us your stories, your ghost stories, your survival stories. If you've, I'm <laughs> your, sure you've got something for your, me. Your road rage stories. Yeah. The time. The time you, you ran away when you were nine. Yeah. And your mom came swerving up in a yeah. baby blue minivan telling yeah. you to get the fuck in her van. The time you almost fell down to hell in a hole in the ground. Yeah. I want to hear it. All of it. You can go see our Instagram at Cruel and Unusual the Pod. I tweet at Cruel Unusual Pod. Come join us in our Facebook group. That is Cruel and Unusual colon, colon the group. The group. I'm doing two colons with my oh, hands. Oh, those are colons. Those okay. are colons. I don't know what the fuck um, we're doing. What else? Oh, if you want to see our source material, um, things about our books, we updated our patron <laughs> wall with our new patron, Crystal Abel. Yeah, Crystal. Thank Thank you so much for being a $10 a month patron. I'm doing a shimmy. She's shimmy shaking. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Crystal. You can see all of that at www.cruelinkmedia.com. Hey! Don't ever forget that hey. No, (laughs) with a little air punch. (laughs) All right, I think that's it until next Thursday. I think so. We'll catch you on the flip side. All right, love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye.